Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, I'm live at Sundance, and I'm at this at the Sunrise Collective, which is situated at River Horse on Main in Park City, and I am speaking with the CEO of the Asian American Foundation, Norman Chen. So welcome to the show, Norman. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Heather. Pleasure to be here. What I just recently found out is this Asian American Foundation was just formed within the last couple of years, and yet it's become a really big success in the community. Well, we've been around for just a little bit under two years, formed by several prominent Asian American business people, and you know, in the at the height of the anti-Asian American attacks around the country, they came together and said, we have to do something for our community. So they came together, pulled resources, and we formed TAF, which we affectionately call ourselves. And we work in a few key areas, anti-hate, education, narrative change, and unlocking resources. Now, you had mentioned in your opening remarks that the foundation has already given back over a billion dollars to the community. Where in the community is that money going, and where did it come from? Yeah. So let me first clarify as part of our launch, we went out and we talked to corporations and individuals and foundations and asked them, what are you doing for the Asian American community over the next five years? And organizations like United Airlines said, we're committing $100 million to support the AAPI community, All right? Asian American Pacific Islander community, AAPI. Um, McKinsey said, we're supporting uh, Asian American leaders with $100 million in terms of leadership training. So we talked to many organizations, about 70 altogether, and combined uh, uh, collected pledges of over a one over $1.1 billion. So that's where the money came from. Corporations, individuals, um, foundations. We've tracked that, and of the money that's gone out, it's gone out to over 100 AAPI organizations and affiliated organizations. Um, it's also gone out uh, over 83% goes directly to the organizations. Uh, TAF, our organization, receives around 17% of the total funds over five years. So when you say it goes to the community, are we talking uh, to build community places to help people start their own businesses? Like where exactly are these communities putting their yeah. dollars? All, all over the map, to be honest, right? One interesting, important statistic is... Asian Americans make up 7% of the population, yet we, re we receive only half a percent of government funding, 
and philanthropy dollars. One of President Biden's administrators yes. also here. That's right. How exactly is she and AAF trying to work together? That, yeah, work together and get more than half a percent of the money. Yes. No, Erica is, is a dynamo within the government. She is a direct deputy assistant to the president's most senior representative for our community in the White House. And she works with the um, president and with the White House and all the federal departments to really advocate for AAPI issues. And so we work very closely with Erica and the White House on initiatives. We bring together um, convenings, talk about the issues, work on solutions, and are working together right now on an initiative to unlock, hopefully, millions of dollars of resources to the AAPI community. Okay, well, I have to ask, those resources, if they're government, those come from taxes. Mm. So are we looking at raising our taxes, or are you pulling the tax money from elsewhere that's been funded to go? Again, the percentage is so low, Heather, at this point, less than half a percent that goes to the AAPI community. So we're just seeking a higher representation, a higher percentage of federal dollars. I don't think we're advocating for increasing taxes. Gosh, we don't want to do that. But we actually want to have more of our fair share. One of the challenges when people look at Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, they think, oh, you're the model minority, right? You are, the, the, the false image is that all Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders are successful, are, are, are wealthy. When in all doctors and lawyers. That's the perception. When in fact, Asian Americans as a race have the highest income disparity among all racial groups. And in New York City, one quarter of kids growing up in New York City who are Asian American, Pacific Islander, grew up in poverty. So people don't know these facts, and part of our job is to help increase awareness so that there is more support for AAPI causes. And that's one reason why uh, Daniel Day Kim opened up the remarks saying, mm that when he was last here in person before mm. the pandemic happened, he saw all these different clubs, so to speak. That's right. Where we had uh, like Latinx That's is right. represented, the black filmmakers. That's right. But there was no Asian filmmakers involved. Why is it so important to see representation on the screen? It's so important for so many ways. For uh, the general American public, many of them get their impressions about Asian Americans from TV and movies. We did a study. We asked people, can you name a prominent Asian American? Over half of Americans cannot think of a prominent Asian American. Can't think of Kamala Harris. Can't think of Yo-Yo Ma. Can't think of Daniel Day Kim. So there's a lot of lack of visibility in the public. And so, and so that's a, a, an issue. The names that they mentioned, number one was Jackie Chan, who's not American. Number two was Bruce Lee. These are very stereotypical images, as I'm sure you know, of martial artists, gangsters, etc. That's what is in the American mindset about Asian Americans. So we need to have more accurate, more positive uh, representation for the public to understand our community, but also for even our community to look up to people in media, right? If you don't have role models, people you can aspire to, leaders, people in Hollywood, a government, a corporate then you are not able to really envision yourself sometimes in those roles. You talked about the stereotype for Asian Americans is that they're rich, they've got right. good jobs. And while I think it's a good thing that the show Rich Asian Americans yes. hires Asians, but doesn't that just feed the stereotype? So, crazy rich Asians. So, I mean, that was a, a milestone to have a... a a very popular movie have it to come out at the time. You know, there is very there are very few movies that are Asian American themed 
that are in uh, that are successful. And so the great thing about Crazy Rich Asians is that it elevated the Asian American stories. And of course, we want to have more stories, right, that show the diversity. So this year uh, for the Oscars is a movie called Bad Axe, which talks about a Cambodian family that lives in Bad Axe, Michigan, and the struggles they go through running their family restaurant and facing anti-Asian hate. People need to see the Crazy Rich Asian stories, and they need to see the gritty, down-to-earth you know, uh, stories also, so people can see that we are not stereotypical, we're not one-dimensional, we are complex, multi-dimensional, like everyone is in America. Yeah. One of my favorite movies that came out a couple years ago, wow, the name is escaping me, Minor- Minor- Minari. Minari. Beautiful film. Beautiful. That, to me, shows the struggle. Yes. It didn't even point to your Asian in the movie. Right. But that wasn't even really brought up. That's right. But it just showed that whether you're Asian or not, you're going to struggle. Struggle. And especially for first generation, for immigrants, you know, many Asian American groups, including Korean Americans, but as was shown in that movie, but also, you know, Cambodians, Vietnamese, um, people from Pacific Islands, many of those, when they come to the country, struggle when they first arrive. And those stories are really, really important to share. So now that you've already raised uh, over a billion dollars uh, to go into the community, what's next? Two billion? Ten billion? Like, where, what's what? So for the billion dollars, we worked with our partners and basically got them to publicize their pledges, and then we track that over time. So that's been really helpful to make sure that people are tracking our, their giving. In the future, we actually want to form portfolios. So we do a lot of education. So we'll create an education portfolio with leading Asian American Pacific Islander nonprofits in the education space. And then we will fund that. We'll develop a plan to work with them. And then we'll invite other organizations to co-fund with us. So hopefully we can multiply our dollars even more. Right? Every year we give out $10, $20 million in our own funding. But if we can multiply that you know, 3x, 5x, then we can really have major impact. And there are organizations out there who want to give more to the Asian American Pacific Islander community, they just don't know who to work with. And by TAF being that national organization, to have the credibility and putting our own dollars to work, you know, put our money where our mouth is, we actually are able to multiply, which is really tremendous. Norman, you look like you're a man in your mid-late 50s. Yes, good say. good call. And you had said previously when we, before we started the interview that you were in finance. That's right. What was it like being a person of Asian descent in the finance world right. that is just like super white, especially right. if you're talking Wall Street? For sure. So it's really interesting. Uh, what you cite is that Asian Americans are very well represented at the junior mid-levels in finance. But once you get to the senior levels, there's a real drop-off in terms of representation. And certainly on boards, very few uh, Fortune 1000 companies have Asian Americans on the board, less than 40%. So it is a challenge, and that's one area we're working on, is to promote the, um, the, the more Asian Americans to rise to senior levels. For myself, I actually was so passionate about my culture. I spent 20 years in Asia, living and working in Hong Kong. So all the bosses were Asian, right? All the companies were Asian. So I got to really see a place where Asian Americans or Asians were in the majority. And for me, it was really transformation. So so was it a culture shock coming back after it, it, the it's a, years? Well, the funny thing is when you're Asian American, you feel very Asian when you're in the U.S. When you go overseas to Asia, you realize, gosh, I'm actually very American, right? <laughs> so when you come back, 
it's you're fortunate because you get to delve in both cultures, right? And that's the richness of America, right? The different cultures that come together. So I feel very fortunate that I can enjoy Asia and get to know it really well and speak a language, speak Chinese, but also come back to the States, which is my home, right? And and enjoy all the wonderful things here in the U.S. So that's what we want all Asian Americans to feel is to be able to embrace and enjoy both cultures. And when you grow up as an Asian American, a lot of times you don't see the benefits of being Asian because kids make fun of you or you don't see representation, you don't see inspiring movies. And this is what we're hoping to change, right? By having world-class filmmakers and actors and directors to create, again, more exciting, positive stories. And we're seeing it, right? Everything, everywhere, all at once, Crazy Rich Asians, you know, so many new, exciting projects coming out. Uh, 38 in the Garden with Jeremy Lin. So excited. Thank you so much, Norman Chen. Again, you're the CEO of of an Asian American Foundation. Yes. And we're here at the Sunrise Collective in Park City. Perfect. Thank you so much, Heather. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's H-K-E-L-L-Y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.